Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Beaver Bites. As always, we are your co-hosts, Lars Gunderson and Miguel Morales. Lars, how are we doing today, man? Doing good. I'm in a pretty goofy mood, so hopefully that translates to a fun episode. Uh, yeah, had, having a fun day so far. It's a, a beautiful sunny afternoon right now. We're already done with our three places. Excited to see where the rest of our Saturday goes. Yeah, it's uh, Springs Among Us. Today was a interesting day and also a special day today because we do have a big announcement coming up for y'all so we, we want to hit on that first so Lars I'm going to give you the honor and opportunity here to let our listeners know what our big announcement is well uh, call it good news call it bad news but it is what it is we're calling this episode the conclusion the finale of season one of Beaver Bites uh, we've been talking and there are a few changes we're thinking about making, some things that we've learned from these this month or two that we've been doing this and uh, or however, what has it been, three months now? It's been about three months, yep. Okay, uh, yeah, so we want to take that into consideration as well as any feedback you guys might have and get ready for a, a good and powerful season two that maybe will be a little more sustainable for us and hopefully more enjoyable for you guys. So yeah, stay tuned for that coming up. There'll probably be a bit of a break after this. There will. And so with that, for all those who are listening, uh, we will be making those announcements leading up to season two. So season two, you can expect us to come back around early May, whether that be that first weekend or that second weekend, uh, we'll be making our return there. However, you can stay up to date with those announcements because we have big changes coming up and also little changes coming up through our social media platforms. So on Facebook, you can go ahead and like our page just at Beaver Bites, or you can look us up through Beaver Bites Corvallis. You'll find us right away. You can follow us on Twitter at Beaver Bites, and then also you can add us on Snapchat just at Beaver Bites. And so that's going to be a way you guys can stay connected and know what those big changes are coming up and know when to, ex- to expect that first season for episode two. And so, Lars, man, is there anything you want to add to that? Anything? I just want to laugh a little bit because you just said the first season of episode two. Oh, right? man. First right. episode been, of season two. But it's, been, you know, it's been a long day. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. Uh, yeah. Um, if We really do value you guys' feedback. So if you have any big thoughts, little thoughts about the structure of the show, this is really the best time to send an email to us. Let us know what you think. Any Anything you've had in mind about, man, I wish they'd do it this way. We definitely are going to be coming through that stuff and... And giving it good consideration. So, yeah. Yeah. This is an opportunity. And these changes, they're just a mix of your guys' feedback, what we think has worked so far, what we think could improve, what we think could bring more life to this uh, podcast. And so it's not going to be massively drastic, but there will be some changes that at first you guys will be like, whoa, I didn't see that one coming out of nowhere. So if you guys just want to contact us on maybe some feedback changes you guys would like to see for next season or things we should consider, go ahead and do that and just email us at beaverbitescorvallis at gmail.com. But as always, we're always listening to your guys' feedback. We always love it. And also, if you have any questions, we always like to you know, answer questions any of you have. Um, but also, our guest listeners, for those of you who have emailed us and reached out to us that you want to be a guest on this show, don't worry, you are not forgotten. We will integrate you. And we have reached out to those that, you know, were in the works of being our next guest. So no worries. You guys will be taken care of. And so, Lars, 
let's 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 shift on over. I know that was a kind of a kind of a big thing to throw at people, but let's shift over to today's podcast mm-hmm. and just tell me your general thoughts about today. General thoughts. It was a pretty fun day. I, a lot of relaxing happened. That was pretty cool. We started with a really early morning breakfast. It was a lot of fun, and then had a, a long stretch. Went for lunch and and our morsel afterwards. So uh, just a lot of hanging out, chilling, relaxing. It's been a good time. Yeah, it's been a it's been a good Saturday. Uh, what you what would you imagine as a Saturday? You know, ideal laying back, just hanging out with people. So it's been good, but. Man, I think there was like some extremes we hit, like some some points where we're like, oh, dang, I didn't know it was going to be this rough or I didn't know it was going to be, you know, this much different to that last place we went to. You know, it was just kind of a little bit all over the board and some of our expectations, you know, obviously mm-hmm. weren't met today um, in both a good and bad way. Yeah. Um, but I mean... Let's dive in. Let's dive in. I think people want to know where we went today. So as always, we always like to jump in with that franchise segment. So Lars, let the people know. Where did we go today? Franchise? Uh, that We went to Taco Time. Yeah, yep, yeah. Taco Time. So yeah. in case for those of you who don't know where it's at, it's on the corner of 9th Street and I believe that is Bambiran. Buchanan. Buchanan. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so general thoughts, Lars, just initial take, initial thoughts when heading over. Well, you know, uh, Taco Time has just been this kind of background mainstay in my life all along where I've never gone there frequently. I just hit it up every year or two. (laughs) And uh, it's remarkably consistent with just the decoration. A lot of of places you see a lot of frequent remodels and they look different. But honestly, I... (laughs) It might look the same in there that it did in the 90s, for better or for worse. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it really has that same, like, that decoration style. Yeah, there, there was some uh, some questionable furniture in there. Some of those those chair legs were looking a little old. But, yeah, I don't know. There was just something about it that I was just, like, feeling like I was try- time-traveling back to childhood. Yeah, it was... So I've never been there, but I've heard stuff about it. And I've heard on both ends. I've heard people who enjoy it. I've heard from people who don't enjoy it. Um, but personally, from the start, from the walking through that door, it just didn't feel like somewhere I would per se feel completely comfortable in bringing other friends along to, you know, go get food. It just kind of felt off. Like, you know when you like walk into a restaurant and you can feel the vibe like it's popping and it's all that it's full of life you're like okay I can feel the energy around here I didn't quite pick up on the energy there it was kind of more like nothing was really happening yeah there was no flow happening I don't know like it just kind of felt like something just kind of that's been fading for a while yeah yeah something about the lighting and paint in there and then the, the uniforms, just all those colors. There's just something really tired about that environment. Just kind of, just how I, I hate to say it, it kind of just drags you down right when you go in. Yeah, I think it's what you were even describing. Just the worn out parts. The, I mean, everything looks out of date in a sense. 
Because mm-hmm. you know how you know franchises now, even with McDonald's, you see those renovations they're doing, and other places, other chains, they they bring it up to date to make it feel fresh, to make it feel you know like it's still relevant. This one just kind of felt like we were still back in 1960 when they opened, yeah. and so it was a challenge. It was a challenge to get excited, it, to even know what what was going on. There was really no, no life per se, you know, and which was a little bit unfortunate because I, I really wanted to, you know, stay positive for it. I really wanted to get excited and see what maybe, I don't know, maybe this could have been a hidden gem, but I mean, (laughs) I guess not. It's just kind of been, it feels like it's just been something that's been neglected for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Even the menu, when we were going to order our food, just looking at the menu, there just wasn't much to it. They had their combo meals. I think every one of them was a burrito, except one was a crunchy taco. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing inspiring inspiring about that. It's just a bunch of different, a couple different burrito choices, like six of them. And then had a few, like, specials here and there. But there's probably less than 15 things on their whole menu. Yeah. Which was really odd for a fast food place, because I'm used to seeing this just almost overwhelming assortment of different variety. That's kind of a staple of fast food in my mind at this point. And they were more like closer to like what you see at a food truck where there's just a few things that they do right and i mean from an environment standpoint it was just a little rough i can see why not many people would want to be there or would want to go there as somewhere of like hey let's go get food where do you want to go oh let's go to taco time Mm -hmm. i i can't see that happening um but Let's, let's talk about the food, because really, if the environment's off, okay, that's not going for you. But if the food is going for you, then you got something. You got something to work with here. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about that food. Lars, what, what did you have today? Let's see. I had a burrito. It was the Big Juan burrito. Um, with the, it, it had some kind of shred, uh, ground beef on it. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. There really wasn't much flavor happening. I bit into it and was, like, inspecting it to see if they had forgotten to add the meat. And honestly, I'm still not sure if I got meat in it or not, which is kind of concerning. You want to be able to look into your burrito and see what's in it. Um, I saw a couple little flakes in there that might have been some ground beef, but it was just... just tasted like beans and rice and just sadness. (laughs) And that's... I think that's what I got out of what I tasted from yours because I took, like, a bite of it. And I was trying to, you know, well, I didn't have any expectations for it, but I was trying to pick up on the flavor and really just taste the, like, I don't know, like, I threw leftover rice and canned beans together in a tortilla, and I don't know if I put the meat in it or not, but <laughs> that's what it felt like. And and even with, like, the hot sauce they have there, uh, I don't know. It just kind of felt, like or just lost its flavor. I don't know what yeah, it was. It, the hot sauce was just kind of like warm water. <laughs> yeah. It was just a really watery flavor. Um, it did warm up your mouth a little bit, but there wasn't really any flavor to it. Um, that was kind of how a lot of it went. Like it was kind of pretending to be Mexican food, but it just was missing the spices, missing the flavor. Um, and But yeah, that kind of brings me to yours. Because what was that? You had the sweet pork burrito of some kind? Yes, it was the sweet pork burrito, um, which on their which is interesting because uh, on the research I'm 
I've pulled up. They vary depending on what region the United States are in. Um, but on that one, it's the number five, which on here is just reflected as a natural soft taco. But on that one, it was a little bit more flavorful than what you got, but doesn't necessarily mean it was pleasant. Um, yeah. It was a little, I don't know, it it just felt like I, I don't know. If I'm being honest, the way I would describe the food is I found older leftovers in my fridge, took a tortilla, rolled it all together, put it in the microwave just because there was nothing left to eat. And even then, I didn't cook the tortilla fully and just kind of ate it. That's what it kind of felt like to me. And But it didn't feel like I used, like, higher quality ingredients either it just felt like oh I took a canned beans or, or I took like super leftover rice and just kind of tossed it all in there and made something out of it that's kind of yeah. what it felt like um a little unfortunate but I will say though their tater tots they did stand at a respectable level I will give them that yeah that I'll have a little bit more to say on the tater tots but with your burrito I just want to say like I was thinking, wow, your burrito definitely has more flavor than mine, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, yeah. That flavor was just rough. Uh, it kind of makes me think of like the, the corn syrup stuff that holds down a popcorn ball or a Rice Krispie treat. Like if you just decided to pour that onto a bland burrito. Mm-hmm. Not sure what they're trying for there, but that sweetness just didn't work at all. Right. It wasn't a good sweet flavor to begin with, and it's just didn't even come close to pairing with what else was in that burrito um i thought it was honestly disgusting i yeah yeah that was a bad burrito (laughs) it was just hard and i don't know i feel like the general theme is this is what worked in 1960 but we never bothered to make any changes to keep it fresh and up to date to what people enjoy now and that's what it kind of felt like because even the food felt outdated um yeah i agree it, it, it was tough it was a tough one mm-hmm. i even gave you like a little pack they have like packets of like lemon juice i guess to mimic like putting on lime on your food like in like in mexican food you'll you'll put lime on i think they were they had like lemon juice packets to mimic that but even then it the lemon juice barely tasted like lemon um which was yeah. also tough that was tough um and uh and cassie was even there today with us and she got some of those crisp burritos mm-hmm. they kind of taste almost as good as convenience store crisp burritos that they would sell there but it's just one step below that yeah 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 it was just kind of like a microwave taquito kind of situation. Right. Not. Uh, I feel rude saying it, but not quite as good. I'm being honest here. <laughs> not quite as good as a microwave taquito. Right. Uh, um, yeah. But strangely enough, I kind of cut you off on the tater tot subject. Weird converse to this entire situation. They call them Mexi fries, which is a weird thing. I don't know. Yes. There's nothing Mexi about a tater tot as far as I know. I guess 
uh, potatoes did come from South America originally. So there could be an argument made there, but I don't know about that. Good, but tater tots, <laughs> I, I can vouch, definitely not a Mexican side dish <laughs> in Mexican culture. I can I can definitely vouch for that. Yeah. Um, but they but, were probably the most enjoyable, sustainable thing we had there strangely today. Strangely enough, those were really good tater tots. As sad as all the other stuff was, like, they did the tater tots well. And when I'm picturing tater tots and good tater tots, that's really what I have in mind. If you ever find yourself craving exclusively tater tots, then yeah, hit up Taco Time. They do a good job with their tater tots. It's it's odd. I don't know what, what good tater tots are doing at a taco place, but they are good. Now... I'm going to mention this at the end, but I think you're going to be surprised on where they got founded. So before I jump into that, let's let's talk about just overall general aspect. In conclusion, um, just general, your general thoughts, because this is probably one of the more tougher, more rough locations we've had to analyze and break down just because... Man, the quality wasn't there. The environment wasn't quite there. It just felt like a lot of things weren't going in their favor in regards to that foodie experience that you really want to get out of it. But Lars, let me just let me just hear that kind of final take you just got from that place. I just thought it was pretty sad. Yeah. You know, just kind of got me down in a kind of a sad mood. Didn't feel good after I ate the food. Yeah. Yeah, I I would definitely agree. I just think, I don't know where they're at now as a franchise or a corporation. I don't know where they're at. Um, but maybe that would explain why they're in the position they are. I don't know who runs it. I don't know what, what's going on with that chain because really it's Taco Time is not really a franchise you hear about too much or people converse or give high praise to. So I don't feel like it's not only just us, you know, feeling this way, but maybe this is a common thing because of corporation, because of management, and even the out-of-date aspect of it, man, that, that says a lot. That says a lot that there's been a lot of parts of it that have been neglected, and unfortunately, those signs show that, you know, the business might be heading towards, you know, the non-thriving side of it. And, which is unfortunate, which is unfortunate because you never want to see a business go that direction. You always want to succeed, do well, give a good product. But unfortunately, I I can't say this about this place. Yeah. And, you know, just to throw a ray of hope their direction, I it might be just one of those places where you have to know what to order, have to know what to get because I've got some good memories of their tacos. I think they've got some good crunchy tacos and... The last time I went there, I got a quesadilla that I really did enjoy. Um, it had a little more to it than maybe a Taco Bell quesadilla would. So might just be what we ordered. Um, we had three different things off the menu, though. So I don't know. I'm not feeling very good about it at this point. Yeah. But. And it was, it was tough. Um, but interesting enough, I, I do want to mention where this place got started. Because I'm, I'm actually shocked, and I, well, I didn't even know this, but it was founded in January of 1960 in Eugene, Oregon. Interesting enough. Wow. 
Yeah. When you mentioned it before, I actually saw it on your phone screen. So my, I kind of suppressed my original reaction, but that just blows my mind. That blows my mind, too. I feel like our state's known for some just solid food starting up and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go beeves, I guess, you know? Yeah. And I'm just going to share what it says here. It says, The chain was founded in Eugene, Oregon by Ron Frederick, who opened the first restaurant near his alma mater, the University of Oregon, at 13th Avenue and High Street in January 1960. In 1962, the first Taco Time franchise opened in Tacoma, Washington. Huh. So, <laughs> that's... A little surprising. That, that, that's probably the most surprising thing I've heard all day. And it's funny because we were like actually looking up university uh, notable alumni earlier today. Yeah. And we were watching some of the college women's NCAA tournament game. But, man, I did not know that. And it hurts me a little bit more because it's from Oregon. You know, I'm sorry, Eugene. But, you know, it, it does hurt me as an Oregonian. I'm like, dang, that's... Something we make, like we created here, and it's not doing well. I mean, I, I hope it's just you know had a better past, started started out a little better. You know, generally for, from what we've seen, looking at other franchises, they have generally seemed to start some fa- from some fairly admirable places. Yeah. Also, they might have been going off the advantage that I'm. I mean, I wasn't or even close. My dad wasn't even born yet in 1960, but maybe. Maybe America didn't understand Mexican food as well at that point. Didn't really know what it was as well at that point. Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to make too many claims there, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's that's just odd to me that they. It is like that now. And one weird thing that I did notice too was so at Taco Time, the majority of the clientele there was an older age demographic, mm-hmm. which may say something why their big clientele is mostly people in that age group. I don't know if that's what people grew up with or they're used to, or that's just something that in their minds they have as a standard of this is pretty good fast food, Mexican American food, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But that was something interesting to notice. And for those of you who are listening if you ever do go to Taco Time for whatever reason, no judgment here. Um, <laughs> keep an eye on that, and it might be something interesting to consider. Well, they just have an older age group as their majority of their clientele, but nevertheless, it was it was rough. But let's move on, man. Let's let's move on. There's a lot more to say on this podcast about other places. Mm-hmm. You know, we have some positive stuff coming up too about oh, other yeah. places. Yeah. So, Lars, let's jump into that miscellaneous morsel. Yeah, after taco time, we went and hit up Jamba Juice today. It's a place I've been to lots, lots of times. Um, yeah, they're, they they do the the, um, the the healthy smoothies blended up with all the fruits and soy milk and and strange veggies thrown in there. And I, it's just the main thing that stood out to me with it with the whole environment of it, and I'll get your take on this too, was just that it was actually remarkably antithetical to our taco time experience where yes. it was just so opposite in so many ways. It stood out to me with just the way they painted it and decorated it and just how fresh and and energetic it felt uh, as opposed to that, that taco time environment. So I don't, uh, did you have any take on that? 
Yeah, it was, it just stood out way more. Like when you entered, you felt that energy, you felt that welcomeness. And even like uh, the employees there, and I, I think I, I, I noticed it briefly with Taco Time. They were as welcoming as they could, but I don't blame them due to the energy level in there, right. how welcoming you would be at Taco Time. Yeah, they were but, plenty friendly. They came and checked in on us and everything. They did nothing wrong. They were right. They yeah. were fine, yeah. I, I just think the energy level is what stood out to me. Because at Jamba, I mean, you have people, like, everyone's saying, oh, welcome to Jamba Juice, or hey, welcome in, you know? And that's just so different. We went from, oh, man, that was a little tough, to oh, hey, this is super welcoming and so many vibrant colors and everything just stands out. And and it's perfect because today was just so sunny that everything just popped right out and you're like, oh, yes. Yeah, I love this, what they did with the this interior raises my painting. Spirits. Yeah. Yeah, the interior painting and the lighting just looks like there's this sunshine shining on a grass field. And I don't know how they accomplished that indoors. Like I, It felt sunnier inside than it did outside on this beautiful sunny day. Like it was... It, I love the way they accomplished that in there. Yeah, and also the the fact of, and you can debate about this, but it was just a healthier choice too because we went from non-healthy food and being honest, we, we did hang out last night and we had quite a bit of no-no food or hefty food. Yeah. Um, and just to have something like Jamba Juice felt a little lighter on my body. It felt a little better on me. Yeah. Um, so I enjoy that too because not only do you feel good you know, externally, you know, with the whole environment and everything that's going on, but also what you're consuming, you don't really feel that, you know, that same quote unquote guilt or, you know, kind of more sluggish feel you get when you go to fast food chains, when you order like greasy, heavy stuff, you know, but this is something more like, yeah, you could debate about the sugar content, but it's more healthy, more nutritious stuff that's entering your system and then you just feel more more light comparatively to, you know, other stuff you would get at fast food chains. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know, they they're they're definitely not the perfect epitome of health. The thing I got had some frozen yogurt in it. Like that's it was basically a milkshake, very delicious milkshake. But uh, um, but at the same time, yeah, they they do make sure to put in some good quality ingredients in there and give you that opportunity to to add that healthy choice you might have in mind when you head in. Yeah. And, and I want to know what you got. Cause I tasted yours. I didn't quite pick up on what you ordered, but man, yours is so good. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually when we walked in the door, they came, they were right in our face with free samples, which is a good start. I love free samples anytime. And it was for the orange dream machine. And I tasted it and loved it. Tastes just like a creamsicle, except maybe a little bit better. I love those things. So, um, so yeah, I went and ordered that, and yeah, it it's called the Orange Orange Dream Machine, excuse me, and um, it it's got uh, frozen yogurt, soy milk, um, and then I think they have their own signature orange flavoring they put in it. Probably some mix of of healthier stuff based on their track record for what what they like to put in their drinks but uh, i did order from the section that has their more milkshakey drinks so i'm not gonna make any bold claims about how healthy that was right yeah i mean yours just stood out because so mine 
I got, I don't remember the exact name, but it was strawberries, blueberries, uh, beets. So it kind of looks like a turnip, Yeah. but it's a beet. A root vegetable um, of some kind. Right. And so mine wasn't like super sweet because of the beet. It kind of bounced it up where to it was like, oh, this is sweet, but also I can taste the beet in there. And I feel like that's going to do some work on my stomach. To be fair, though, I I like to intake very small amounts of sugar comparatively. I don't like really sweet stuff. So I intentionally got that because I was like, I don't know if I can consume something really sweet right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yours, going back to yours, yours comparatively was, man, it was just so enjoyable. I could probably like chug like 20 ounces of that, but I know that's a, a little overboard. <laughs> but I mean, I really liked it. really raise my spirits and and I'm a big fan you know of really citrusy stuff you know really you know delicious but yet fruitful stuff and not super artificial kind of tastes like yours had protein in it too is is that what you added in I didn't add anything I just kept it kept it uh stock but um uh yeah I think they might have had I don't remember the ingredient ingredients unfortunately but I think they did have some kind of protein powder or something in there but, um, yeah, one funny thing is, like, we had such contrasting drinks, and really my favorite thing to do with Jamba Juice is go in with a friend, get totally different drinks, and just get that compare and contrast going and try everybody's drinks and s- just get those weird combinations of flavors going on. Yeah. So, like, I, I was sitting there drinking mine, this really sweet, uh, delicious orangey drink, um, and then I take a drink of yours, and relative to mine, it was just sour <laughs> it was delicious yeah. I, I really enjoyed that drink but like my jaw locked up just like eating a warhead <laughs> as a kid like oh wow like biting into a lemon <laughs> that is true it is a little bit an acquired taste it's not like it's i'm pretty sure it's a vegetable too a beet if i'm not yeah, wrong yeah i think that's right i'm pretty sure it's a vegetable so like with fruits man they're so sweet so easy to get into you know Versus a veggie, especially in a smoothie, kind of has that, oh, okay. That, like, fibrous flavor to yeah. it. Yeah, and so you're like, mm, all right, not not so easy to dive into, you know, if it doesn't, if it's not as sweet. And so, I, yeah, that's, that's always fun, too. But the thing is, though, I like doing that with a friend also because that way I don't feel the sense of, oh, I, I could keep drinking this because it's yours. And I don't want to consume the whole thing, so I'm just going to take a quick sip of it, get my little sugar, my little extra sugar high on, and then just give it right back. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoy that too. And Jamba Juice too is just, it's just so welcoming for any age group. Like, yeah. we had moms bringing their kids, looks like we had some high schoolers in there, looks like we had some college students also come in there, um, and then just some some adults, just normal adults just hanging out in there, and, and it flows so well, it's just... You know, one person getting an order, one after the other, you know, and it's and it's flowing and it's just that environment of, man, things are happening in here and it's just a good company. It's, I've never heard real harsh criticism on Jamba Juice um, and I think many people enjoy it too, but I don't know. That That's my personal experience, my personal take. I don't know what your general thoughts or your general rap on was on the place. Yeah, I totally agree with all that. And I really want to highlight the customer service. Um, I, I think, 
You know, it's really easy. I really frequently hear people bringing up uh, Dutch Bros as that that gold standard of customer service and food service, and that's fair. And I, I love that that fresh, outgoing customer service. But really, I think Jamba Juice has stood out just as much, if not more, to me with that outgoing, energetic, happy. Hey, how you doing? Tell me everything about yourself, and have a great, wonderful life. Right. That. that that personality is really well exemplified there. And especially where they have like their little names for each smoothie that they call out. Like when I ordered mine, it's just Jamba Dream. <laughs> and and with Cassidy's it was Jamba Moo, because she got the peanut butter chocolate mood and like it's just I just love that uh, goofiness they add to it as well. It's just makes it really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's really appreciated because it literally looks like they push for that stuff, that it's welcoming, that people want to come back, that, man, people feel like, man, this is a place where my, not only, like, my palate will enjoy it, but my spirits will also be somehow lifted up just because of that more positive environment. And that's good on them. That's good on them. But but I do want to share, though, also with them because they are a franchise. But for this segment, since they're not technically a restaurant, you know, um, mm-hmm. I do want to share how they started and where they're at now and how they came about. Um, so what I found here was, so they were, it says here, before the creation of the company, Jamba Juice was a senior project completed by Kirk Peron, an avid cyclist and healthy lifestyle advocate at California Polytech State University in San Luis Obispo, California. So, okay. so that's Cal Poly. Yeah. And then Jamba Juice was founded on March 31st. What? That's like tomorrow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> 1990s. Probably so, when you'll be listening to this. <laughs> exactly. So what, they've been around for 29 years? Yeah. My math is right? Yep. You're, you're, yeah. So tomorrow, or by the time you guys listen to this, they'll be around for 29 years. Check them out for their birthday tomorrow. 29 years. Exactly. By, and it was founded by Peron, who opened his first store in San Luis Obispo. He was joined in the business by three friends, Kevin Peters, Joe Vergara, and Linda Ozawa-Olds. And it was incorporated in 1990 as Juice Club Incorporated in San Luis Obispo. So that's kind of, kind of how they got started. Um, but they do now, to date, and this looks... Maybe like it's not completely updated, but they have 875 locations operating in 26 U.S. states. And also they have locations in the Philippines, Mexico, Taiwan, South Korea, Thailand, and the United Arab Emirates. Wow. So That's cool. That yeah. They've gotten so international with it. Yeah. And that's, what, 29 years? That's, man, that's, that's fast. That's success. That's well done. That's a company. And it looks like they're still growing. looks like they, you know, I haven't seen a big explosion of them opening up stores but over time it looks like they've been gradually you know implementing that and they've been doing it well too they're not just opening up stores but they're opening them growing them in a healthy way and they're keeping it going yeah yeah but cool but that yeah i like that this is just a whole another opposite experience of what we had prior to that but let's Let's start, or not let's start, let's move on to, man, probably the most unique one, personally for me, um, from today, which we're just going to transition over now to our 
local segment. So Lars, I'm going to have you start off with this one. Yeah, so we went to Tommy's Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Uh, it's downtown, right next to that, across the street from the Angry Beaver, kind of by that Chevron. Uh, and it's attached to the University Inn, I believe. They, they seem to be um, correlated businesses, at least. Yeah, they're in the same lot, I guess. They're not physically connected, but they are in the same lot. Or it doesn't look like they're physically connected. Yeah, I could see them being... Uh, under the same ownership, but it, it's hard to say just from looking at them. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> dang, that place. I know a lot. I know even me personally, I'm a person who just drives by it almost every day and just thinks, oh, it's just, just a whatever other restaurant in Corvallis. But probably the most deceiving one appearance wise. Because the outside doesn't necessarily look like, oh, man, this is a place that I feel like everyone in town goes to because it's so great. You know, it, it doesn't feel like that. And personally, for me, when I walked in there, it was like, OK, like this is this feels like a standard cafe kind of kind of deal. Yeah. But man, the the service was and you can help me out here a little bit was like more traditional, more country-like cafe feel. Yeah, it was really, um, it was really, I guess blunt would be a good way to put it. I wouldn't say rude at all, just kind of not what you're used to seeing in Corvallis. It didn't have that Jamba Juice out, outgoingness. It, right. was, it was just um, kind of to the point, getting the job done. Uh, Friendly enough, you know. Yeah, but um, in an appropriate manner too. Right. It wasn't like straight up rude, like "oh, get your butt on that booth." Not, right. not that, but more like, "Let's be real here." You know, hey, just pick a seat you want. Realistically, that table over there is not ready. You can pick any from these. You know. Yeah. So it it was interesting because yeah, in Corvallis, you're not used to seeing that kind of just blunt, direct service. It's more like, hey, how's it going today? How you doing? How's your day? Welcome to so-and-so. You know, how many are we dining today? You know, yeah. it's not like that. It's more like, how many? Okay. Those tables are available. Go ahead and pick your seat. Just this area is busy. Yeah. yeah. That was it. You know, in a way, I, I kind of I appreciated that because it kind of helps make, make the place feel more homey. And, like, I was just perfectly comfortable to go sit down, enjoy myself, we could just take our time. It didn't feel like they were trying to efficiently get us through, get us fed and get us out. But just let's go hang out, have a calm, nice, easy breakfast. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like a very similar feel to maybe like a Denny's, but just a little more relaxed, I guess. And that was that was a really nice touch to me. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like very businessy either. Like it doesn't feel like a like a big time corporation chain owns them, but it also doesn't feel like there's a lot of greed behind, oh, let's see how we get more people in and make more money and da, da, da. Mm -hmm. But it feels like this is a restaurant. This is what we do. Let's do it well. You know, let's, let's sell the people the product that they're paying for. Yeah. That's what it kind of feels like. Like just standard, normal core morals of what a restaurant should have in them. Yeah. Um, which I really, which I really appreciated. Um, but again, it's not what you're used to. So at first you're kind of like, uh, all right. Cause even like <laughs> the, 
the wait the waitress she was gonna bring over because they have like these like paper like placemat things yeah placemat things and and so that morning it was you Cassidy and I and I was sitting on my side I already had mine and you had one but Cassidy didn't she just brings another one over she's like like just trying to like move like move yours over so Cassie can have it and then give you the one she has yeah she didn't just ask me to move it she, it was it was kind of funny uh, um yeah she just kind of was gesturing kind of it was almost like a grunt to try to get me to move it and like a frustration when I didn't understand what she meant and then eventually we figured it out and I moved it over and everything was fine so like, just like, yeah just move oh, over that was like, weird like oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and and then even when like you order decaf she was like yeah just I'm going to go make you some, though, left, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just super funny because it's like, man, this is just straight being direct and blunt. And yeah. you don't really get that in Corvallis yeah. anymore. It's more like, you know, you're, you're trying to be more on the customer side and mm-hmm. be more appealing to them. And I kind of like because it, it kind of makes me feel like I'm in a little bit of a tougher service. Like, it's toughing yeah. me up a little bit, you know? Yeah. With the bluntness and getting to the point <laughs> and not beating it around the bush, you know? Yeah. So, I... And, and I kind of joked around with you guys that they wouldn't, like, have necessarily the biggest patience with, like, someone like, hmm, what do you recommend? And, like, taking, like, <laughs> 10, 15 minutes... That's an exaggeration, but, like, 10, 15 minutes just to order. I... <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just... It, it was interesting, and, and in a way, it's kind of something I wish I saw a little bit more Yeah. in cafes. You know what I think really describes it well is it just seems like the kind of place that has regulars, where they come in, greet them by name, say, hey, Tom, how's it going? Want exactly. the usual? Uh-huh. Cool. Have cool. a seat. I got you, sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much what it felt like. And, I mean, it's standard service, too. She would come over and, like, fill up our cups of water. Just like, oh, cup is empty, logic, go get more water. Yeah, and she was really good about that, too. Yeah. I always notice how often my cup's getting refilled, and a lot of the time I hadn't even finished it yet, which is really rare for me. Right, and so, I don't know. It it was not expected service that I got today, but it. I'm saying that in a good way, though, that it's like, dang, you really don't see this anymore, but okay, I can roll with this. I can. I'm okay with this. It's you don't. It's rare now, but I'm okay with this, you know. Yeah. But let's hit up that food, Lars, because I think that is what kind of shaped the majority of my opinion about Tommy's. Yeah, that food. Wow, I ordered. The, I ordered the Works omelet. It's okay. just an omelet that has uh, a bunch of the meats, bacon, that kind of thing. Um, and that has all the, the, the peppers and onions and, and the works. Um, yeah, and that sucker was stuffed. That was dude was stuffed. Full. And the omelet was like half an inch thick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's how an omelet should be stuffed. Yeah. And if you guys want to know how an omelet should be stuffed, go to Tommy's. They'll show you the right amount. Yeah. How to do it well. Man, that was... Whew. Good stuff. Coffee culture and uh, Imagine Coffee will show you mocha temperatures, and Tommy's will show you omelet stuffing. That's advice right. Advice from Miguel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yours came with the omelet. Uh, you want to say what was kind of in there? I kind of covered it. Um, I don't remember precisely what it was, but definitely had bacon. Yeah, mushrooms. Uh, bell peppers, mushrooms, onions, um, plenty of cheese. Uh, I think it was – I think – 
it was choice of cheese and I chose pepper jack. Um, but yeah, uh, what really, I wish you listeners could see my reaction when I took my first bite of that. It was delightful. Like I, I was just going at it, you know, it's not, let's try it. And that flavor just hit me just so, it was just so clean and well blended and just good quality ingredients. And it was just delicious. Yeah. And I had a piece of it too. And I was like, dang, like this is a business that actually cares about the product here and puts the effort and the consistency to keep it that way. Because man, not many places will give you a high quality, well done. And you can tell it's authentic. You can tell that most of the stuff they're making from scratch, they're making it as fresh as it can be, you know, and, and I got that from that too. And the combination of flavors, I'm like, this is good. This is a well done cafe omelet. Yeah. It really makes me think of like when I used to do a lot of band stuff and in high school we would compete in band and the director would always say, you know, the judges have their little recording devices that they're talking to, um, talking to. And if you can get the judges to just shut up and listen, and that's when you know you really did a good job. You know, when I'm forgetting what ingredients were in it, that's because they got me to just shut up and listen, to just shut up and eat the food and love the food. Yeah. Just because they were doing a great job with it. Yeah, and because you had hash browns too, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I had that on my plate too. I mean, we can both agree, man, this is excellent, you know, two standard hash browns the way it should be made. You know, when I think of hash browns, I think of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was good too. And I th- man, did you have what did you have? Like a biscuit? It was like a English muffin. Biscuit. Yeah, I got the English muffin. Yeah, yeah. That one was. It didn't quite impress to the level right. that other stuff did. It was good. It was good English muffin. Just standard. Yeah. To par. Yeah. Okay. It was solid. It was. It was fine. <laughs> you know, they had. They did have a really cool jam and jelly selection. I think I had like apple cinnamon jam, and then um, they had marmalade as a choice. What was the other one I had? I don't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, boysenberry. It was boysenberry. Okay. Jam. Okay. So yeah, that was just a little different from your just a typical grape, strawberry, apple butter. Sometimes you'll see. I, I don't know. They got stuff for you to mix it up. Yeah. 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 They have like the Tabasco selection and I mean, your Heinz ketchup. Come on. That's just, that's just a given right there. Yeah. (laughs) But with, let's talk about what Cassidy had. Cause man, that, that was impressive. She had the buttermilk pancakes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I'll say that Tommy's had in their favor today is, is Cassidy knows how to mix the syrup and pancake ratio. Her family has a lot of pancakes and she's figured that out. But oh man, I took a bite of that and just it just melted in my mouth. It was so good. It was beautiful. I'm not I don't even really like pancakes and it was beautiful. So 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 good. Your jaw muscles didn't even have to work that hard because they just all melted in your mouth. Yeah. And then the I mean, shout out to Cassidy because the syrup ratio was well done because sometimes when you like eat pancakes and it's like super sweet, you're like, eh, you know, but this one was just like, it was sweet enough to where it's like, it's not overwhelming the pancake and I could still taste both and it's the right combination there. So I was like, dang, this is so good. Like, like I didn't even expect this because again, visually this place doesn't really look like something that would have something worth like looking into. But dang, that pancake, Lars, that pancake, 
I, I don't know where they what what part of heaven they pulled that out of, <laughs> but they just somehow got it from there to a play and warmed it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think another thing that they really had going for them with that was the syrup. You were actually noticing that it had a weird film on the top because you tried to take your to dip your finger and to take a taste of it, and it was like like you cracked a, an iced over lake. Like, yeah, it had this film on top that just like. You, you damaged when you stuck your finger into it. I had the slur. I was like, wait, is this jello or something? Yeah. Yeah, it was so weird, but we took that to mean that it's probably just legit house-made syrup. Yeah. And I think that was contributing a ton to how good those pancakes were as well. That was that also just really good syrup. It was well done. Also, and I'm making a little bit of comparison here, you had some of my country fried steak, right? Mm-hmm. With the gravy. Yeah. Thoughts? On both the actual steak and the gravy. I'm unfortunately struggling to remember that one a ton. Okay. I, I do remember thinking, yeah, that's what country fried steak tastes like. Great job. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, that was just good. As far as the finer details, I'm kind of missing a bit of those. What you got for me, Miguel? Okay. Fill, so that gravy, gaps. So I want to go back a little bit to uh, Broken Yolk when we had their gravy. And it was a little bit of a struggle to, you know, have that buy-in with it. But this gravy made it so easy. It made, yeah. it, it made it so easy to enjoy your country fried steak. It wasn't even a concern. It was just like, oh, this is what normal, good-tasting cafe gravy should be tasting like right mm-hmm. now. That I don't have to worry about it in my palate when I'm trying to eat. Yeah, that's, I think that's the detail I'm missing with, yeah, that's good country fried steak. That's That, that gravy just hit the spot. Right, and so, man, it's so unfortunate. I, I kind of wish I would have ordered some biscuits and gravy um, because, man, I've been looking, and very few cafes do this for me. I've been looking for some good biscuits and gravy. Mm. I wish I would have gave them a shot because, man, I love me some biscuits and gravy. But nevertheless, I mean, I have the scrambled eggs with them just the way they should be tasting. Country fried steak, whew, well done. Super easy to eat. I mean, some places... There's just a kind of a little bit dry gravy, meh, little yeah. subpar, you know, this, well done, everything up to standard. This place, I would say, man, I really feel like they care more about the product they're delivering than the actual of growing and becoming this huge business and the whole money side of it. Yeah. yeah I think that the food really speaks to that, that yeah. they care about their product there. I think that might ha- have something to do with why the, ser- the service stood out to us so much as well, is that you can tell that they've just, they have this commitment to their product. Mm-hmm. And with that commitment, it's, that's what's going to make a business really thrive. And Corvallis has so much turnover of population with the university students rolling in and out all the time. I think you get a lot of new and fresh that way, which is a lot of fun. And we've seen that a lot with places like Bowen Vine. Um, but at the same time, that turnover makes it might make it a little harder for those mainstays to really stay. But the fact that Tommy's has, I think, is really a testament to how great their quality is. Yeah, and, and I'm just gonna say this to everyone who's listening: if you haven't, if you've just driven by there and just thought the same thing I've been thinking that nothing really special about this place. I don't know if it's even worth looking into. I don't know if it's even a place I should consider. Consider it. Go to it. Give it Give it a taste. Now, I will say the environment is a little 
it's not like the most high end, but it's also not low end. I don't know what the bathrooms were like. How were the bathrooms? Spotless. Spotless. Very clean. Very nice. Yeah, you can tell the building's a little older. Um, you know, there was your typical graffiti carved into the bathroom mirror and okay. and out in the dining area. They had these weird like, hooks hanging from the ceiling that I think they they use it to help train ivy across the ceiling, which is pretty cool. But there's just a couple cracks here and there where you're wondering what's going on or where it just looks a little run down. Right. Um, I think mostly just as a just with how old and and sturdy they are as a business. I'm curious to look up how or when they began, and I'm curious about that. But um, yeah, and yeah. unfortunately, we didn't get to ask. It was kind of more like a. I mean, one, you and me woke up kind of early compared to how probably late we went to bed last night. Um, and so our focus was just like food, body, together, and we didn't really take the time to really ask employees working around there um who the owners were kind of where they got started but it would be cool to know that um but going back to my point yeah it's not it's not going to be the most high-end place but it's also not a neglected you know place that's just falling apart type deal but it is just your standard you know typical very direct and very blunt cafe that you know you can enjoy and they have a good product they i i can i can say that with confidence they have a good product they're going to deliver something that you know you're not going to feel cheated out from from what you're paying you know i can't guarantee that your palate's going to be okay with everything but i feel like in general they they care more about the product than the money i'm just yeah plain and simple um so, definitely a good highlight today. Mm. Definitely a good way to start out. You know, fortunately it wasn't the same with all of them, you know. But that was a positive today. Tommy's was a positive today. It's somewhere I would give a, you know, recommendation to someone coming to town looking for some breakfast. Um, definitely under the radar. But also, I do want to talk about one thing that a lot of people may not know about that place. The food challenge. Mm-hmm. The food challenge. Yeah, the Beaver Buster challenge. Yeah. So Tommy's has something called the Beaver Buster, which consists of two omelets, and these suckers are packed. Technically two biscuits, but they're all open. They're all lined up, so it's like looks like four, but it's just two. It's two omelets, four biscuits. Two biscuits, sorry, but they're <laughs> all opened up. Five buttermilk pancakes and those suckers are big they're like Mm. a large plate bake size and then that image looked like eight pieces of toast to go along with that with some with a few slices of bacon few slices of sausage also tucked in that corner the omelets have gravy on top of them the biscuits have gravy on top of them if you eat that guy in less than one hour the meal is free you get a shirt saying you ate it all and you get your picture on the wall yeah. If you don't, you pay twenty four ninety nine. You still get your picture taken, but you're on the dud side instead of the stud side of the Bieber Buster wall. So a few foodies out there that like to dig in and want to be the next Matt Stoney, go ahead and give it a go. You know, in case you're thinking, oh, I love breakfast food. That sounds easy. I want to let you know. I'm pretty sure that's seven pounds of food. 
That's a lot. It's intense. That's a lot of food. Seven pounds. Yeah. Picture how many quarter pounders is that? <laughs> well, seven times four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 28. Yeah. Wow. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, minus maybe a little bit more because they're probably just counting the padding, not uh, everything else. But right. Sure. A little over 20 maybe. Um, but, yeah, if you guys are into food challenges, there's not many left in Corvallis, but that's one of the places if you want to give that a go. I want to try that. Not now, but, <laughs> yeah, but like, down the road where... Maybe sometime this summer we might have a special episode or something. Right. See what where happens. Where my body is more capable of consuming that type of stuff. I mean, you and me have done, you know, some fun food challenges some here and there. Some stuff. So we've tried new things, um, but that's that's definitely something, if, if you want to try that, I don't know if you're into that, but if you want to try that, go ahead and give that a go. But all in all, I mean, Lars, do you have anything to add for Tommy's before we head off? Yeah, I think that about does it. Just a good hometown place. Yeah. But as always, guys, you know, just a quick reminder, this is going to be our season finale. So I just want to take the time to thank all of our listeners. Thank all of those who have supported us, all of those who have been loyal and have listened to, you know, every episode you know, I know sometimes me and Lars like to ramble and chit-chat quite a bit about food. A bit. I'm feeling a little long today. Yeah, it is feeling a little bit long today. But again, we will be gone for a break. Not for an intentional break, but more, you know, we're trying to st- structure this podcast to something more life-giving, something more, you know, sustainable, as Lars was mentioning. But other than that, I mean, again... Follow us on social media. That's going to be the place where we're going to drop our big announcements. We're going to let you guys know what to expect coming up next. And again, just get in touch with us. Lars, you got anything to say to all the listeners out there before they don't get to hear your beautiful voice for a few weeks? Well, thank you. <laughs> of course, man. Can't deny it, right? <laughs> um, yeah, just don't don't feel discouraged by this. We're not taking a break because we're sick of this or because we don't want to do it anymore. We're really still excited. We still got that fire. It's just we want to get some restructuring going and really get on a good track. We've kind of been letting the episodes fly by without their proper focus, and we think there's just some good changes that will really give it life. Yeah, so we are excited what's coming next. Like Lars was saying, we got that fire just like the Blazing Wings at Buffalo. But... <laughs> more fiery than how it feels in your stomach but yeah just just be hopeful guys just be excited for what's coming next i'm i'm really 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 confident that you guys are going to enjoy what's next for beaver bites and what's next for this podcast because i think this is the next step the next step for us to progress the next step for us to kind of evolve and become you know something that you know a lot of people are going to start enjoying or i'm not saying you guys don't enjoy it but I'm saying that's going to start captivating a lot more audiences. So once again, thank you so much. Thank you for all those out there. Remember to share us and to keep listening to us. Um, Also follow us on our social media pages. We got a Twitter account. We got a Snapchat account. We got a Facebook account. Again, on Twitter, it's just at Bites. Snapchat, just Bites. And Facebook, you can just look up Beaver Bites Corvallis to find us in the easiest way. And then you can also contact us at beaverbitescorvallis at gmail.com. Once again, I'm Miguel Morales. Lars Gunderson over here. We're signing out. Go Beavs. Go Beavs. <laughs>